Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Hello and welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where as always, we're here working together to improve our financial IQ. Total Wealth Academy is an education and mentoring program. We basically teach people how to use real estate to build a second stream of income to supplement or replace their earned income, their job income, using active investing, but mostly passive investing in big apartment complexes, big self-storage complexes, senior living, hotels, strip shopping centers, and so on. And one of the things that people are doing at Total Wealth Academy is the passive investors, let's say a member joins up, they got a couple hundred grand in an IRA, 401, or cash, doesn't matter. Remember that you can use your 401k and IRA to invest in real estate without tax or penalty, if you know what you're doing. And they do two deals, $100,000 each. What do they do next? What they're doing, and this is not a huge number, um, but a small group of our members are actually flipping houses and taking the profits from the flip houses whenever they make 50 grand or more and putting it into another passive deal and they're building up their passive income step by step by first investing what money they have and then flipping generating more capital and taking that money and passively investing it as well so I've been requested, it's been requested that I go over some of the rules, the good things, the bad things about flipping, and that's what we're going to do today. Now, if, if you don't think you're ever going to flip a house, you probably should listen anyway. Why? Because sometimes a deal pops drops in your lap and if you don't know what I'm about to teach you you could go oh wow this is a spectacular deal and then do it wrong and it turns into a loser deal so everybody should listen to this even if you don't specifically plan to flip a house because as you're looking for single-family homes for rentals or maybe a relative needs to sell, you might come across a flip by accident and you're going to need to know this material. So the first question, and what these are, I just compiled a list of questions from multiple, multiple emails about flipping. Probably went through a hundred different emails. The first question is, do you recommend investing in rehab properties. Why or why not? Well, I put the emphasis on investing because flipping is not investing. 
its earned income. Remember, wholesaling and flipping are not investing, and they are taxed as earned income. They are not taxed as an investment. Earned income means you pay your normal income tax plus Social Security and Medicare. This is why between 30 and 40 percent of your flip profits go to taxes. Uh, people forget about this. If you watch HGTV, which is the worst place, sorry HGTV, but the worst place to get your information about flipping is HGTV. I've watched multiple episodes. They do it wrong every time. The numbers are bogus. It is not real. It's not real. So do I recommend investing in rental properties? First thing we got to do is change that word. It's not investing. It's a job. So we got to find a word. Do you recommend <laughs> flipping houses? Yes. Why? It's a good way to generate capital. And for many of you, it's actually fun. Now, there's some of you that it will not be fun for, but most people like to create things. They like to repair things, make things nice, <coughs> excuse me, make things shiny. It's fun to rehab a house, and it's even more fun when you make fifty or $100,000 doing it. So I definitely recommend it, but only in certain circumstances. If you're sitting there with big chunks of money, 500 grand, million, 2 million, you really want to focus on getting those monies invested passively before you start looking at flipping deals. Again, it's work. You have to bust your butt, locate the deal, negotiate the deal get the financing, arrange the rehab, oversee the general contractor, uh, put it on the market, sell it. And then, when you want to make more money, you got to do all that over again. It's just, see why it's a job? See why they tax you as earned income? Because you got to do it over and over and over and over again to continue making money. But, in the strategy that the members are using it, where they're flipping houses, passively investing, flip a house, passively invest, I love that strategy. I think that's really smart. Um, the second most popular question is, what do you look for in a flip property? Well, I'm going to make a recommendation for the inexperienced flippers. You don't want to try to flip a house that's worth more than 500 grand in today's market. The reason is we are in an unstable market. We don't know if prices are going to go up. We don't know if they're going to go down. It's likely they'll take a dip. Elon Musk thinks they're going to take a dip. I think they're going to take a dip, but I certainly don't wouldn't bet any money on it taking a dip. Um, it's just a guess based off some past experience. 
But the reason I say stay 500 and below is because if you buy these properties correctly, let's say the market does crash right in the middle of your flip and you can't sell it. If you've bought in the below $500,000 house, you can rent that thing for break even or even possibly positive cash flow. If you go six, seven, eight hundred, a million dollars and the market crashes and you can't sell it, those are not going to rent for positive cash flow. You're going to have negative cash flow and that's going to come right out of your earned income. So again, my recommendation is stay in the $500,000 price range and stay in you should have bought it for around, let me see, what's 5 times 7? 30. You should have picked it up for around $300,000. Let me make sure I got that right. 500,000 times 0.7. Yeah, three, you should only have about $300,000 in it, so that thing is going to rent for positive cash flow. All right, we'll talk more after the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. If you have money in an IRA, 401k, or other retirement account, you can use it to invest passively in real estate without tax or penalty. Our average rate of return is three times that of the stock market and mutual funds with much less volatility. If you have over $70,000, you can start passive investing today. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That's TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where we're talking about, I'm really answering email questions, but I group them under flipping. So we're really discussing flipping today. And I like flipping. I've done a lot of flipping, made a lot of money with flipping. Um, but you got to remember, it's a job, and it's taxed heavily. And that first, I think it's the first 88000 you got to play pay Social Security and Medicare along with your normal income taxes. So keep that in mind. So what should investors look for in a rehab property? You want to be all in, no higher than 75% of ARB. No higher than 75%. Now the rule is 70%. Your goal is 70%. That's why I said if you got a $500,000 house, you want to be all in at 300000 Now remember, all in includes purchase price, rehab, closing costs, and holding costs. So make sure you include everything. I see so many deals where people come to me and they go, yeah, I got it at 70. But then when you add in the closing and holding costs, they're really up at 80%. Um, you've got to take those numbers into consideration. Next one is, I often talk about people getting emotionally involved with their flip properties. And this is dangerous because you end up spending too much money on your rehab 
because you're emotionally involved, your ego's involved. You got to remember, this is a business. It is not your personal residence. You're not trying to make it, you know, you might live in a million dollar home and you're rehabbing a $500,000 home. And because you're used to the finishes in a million dollar home, you put those finishes in a $500,000 home, you're never going to recoup that money. When you rehab a home in a subdivision, the moment you buy the house you're going to flip, you need to start touring the other homes for sale in that same subdivision. By doing so, you can figure out what the finishes should be to be competitive in that market. When I refer to finishes, I'm referring to faucets, countertops, cabinets, bathtubs, tile work, the finishes. Don't overdo it because your ego or your emotions are involved in the deal. Keep your emotions out of it. Keep your ego out of it. Build it equal to everything else in the neighborhood. And then what causes people to overpay for rehab properties? This is really incompetence is why people overpay. Um, almost every deal that we lose where we make a bid and we don't get the deal, somebody overpays for the property. They don't even have a written bid for the repairs. They're not going off comparable sales. They just are incompetent. Incompetent investors probably kill about 60-70% of the deals out there because they're just dumb. They go pay, you know, they go to a wholesaler. The wholesaler tells them the ARV is 400 when it's really only 370. They tell them the rehab's 30 when it's really 45. And they just buy it. And then they get slaughtered. The wholesaler shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, they sold them one house, but they should have done the right thing and sold them 10 houses by telling the truth. Um, by the way, since we're on the subject of wholesalers, I hate wholesalers. Let that sink in. That's followed by, I love wholesalers. <laughs> but you got to remember, it's because of the 80-20 rule. In life, 80% of the results flow from the top 20% of the people. That's just, it doesn't matter whether it's attorneys, doctors, CPAs, roofers. The top 20% of Americans produce 80% of the results. The other 80%? Crap. <laughs> See why I hate wholesalers? But it's not all wholesalers. It's that 80%. See, there's 20% of the wholesalers who are really good. They do their best to get a true after-repaired value, ARV. They do their best to give you a good high estimate. Not a low estimate, a high estimate, so that you win when you do the deal and you'll do multiple deals with them. See, the 80% 
we'll call them scumbags, what they do is they inflate the ARV, they deflate the rehab to make the deal look good, even though it's crap. And this is the majority. 80% of wholesalers are terrible. Only 20% of them are good. So when you get a deal from a wholesaler, assume the wholesaler is full of crap. And run your own comparable sales. Get your own written bid for the repairs. Don't trust them for the ARV. Don't trust them for the rehab numbers. You got to do it yourself. You got to verify it. So, what causes investors to overpay for rehab properties? Again, they don't run the comparable sales. A guy call emailed me, I guess. And he's got all this information about this house, the tax record. There's a bunch of houses in the neighborhood for sale. And he goes, what's this house worth? I emailed him back. You haven't given me one piece of information whatsoever to evaluate this house. I don't care what people are asking for their property. That means nothing. I don't care what the tax record says. That means nothing. And don't think I'm exaggerating here. The tax record assessed value means nothing to you as an investor. And if there's 10 houses in the neighborhood asking 400, that means nothing. Because the last six houses that sold, sold for 370. Guess what your house is worth? 370. You got to run the comps. But incompetent people are out there thinking they're geniuses arrogantly going out and buying these deals from wholesalers, trusting the wholesalers, and they're getting shafted. I mean, they are, it's bad. It's bad. The next question is, why is it a problem when investors move too slowly? The problem is good deals do not last very long. They just don't. You've got to move quickly. See, I subscribe to a service, we own half of it, called HomeInvestorTool.com. HomeInvestorTool.com. By subscribing to this service, which is about 100 bucks a month, I can run my own comparable sales literally in less than 30 seconds. Less than 30 seconds. All I do is log in, type in the address of my subject property, 30 seconds later, I've got the comparable sales. I know what the ARV is. I know what it will rent for. That's why I can write an offer within five minutes of hearing about the deal. If you're writing offers within five minutes of hearing about the deal, who's competing against you? Nobody. Because you're just moving too fast. See, if you say, well, I'll get around to running the comps and I'll try to call my friend to see what it's worth, get a buddy of mine who's a realtor to run the comps, I'll um, talk about it with my spouse and all this other crap, <laughs> that deal's gone while you're goofing off. No, you've got to subscribe to a service where you can run your own comps 
and be able to write offers within five minutes. Okay. Ooh, this one's my favorite. What's the problem if an investor fails to get a written bid for the repairs before going under contract? I don't understand why you guys do this. You'll put up hard, earnest money, and you don't even know what the repair costs are going to be. That's insane. You do not know what you're doing. You never put up hard, earnest money until you have a written bid for the repairs. Because if the wholesaler tells you it's 40000 in repairs, you better assume it's sixty, and make sure the deal works at $60,000 or don't do the deal. But what I do is I get a written bid before the end of my uh, option period or before any earnest money goes hard and it won't be refunded. We'll talk more after the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. The stock market was never designed to build wealth. It was designed to keep up with inflation. The average rate of return over the last 75 years is about 7%. You'll get that even with the ups and downs. If you want a higher rate of return and less volatility, consider real estate. We make about three times as much as the stock market. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That is TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where we're talking about flipping and some of the lessons that people need to know before they go out and start flipping. One thing, though, I do want to make sure that I've got a disclaimer. I am not giving you enough information to go out and flip houses from this one radio show. If you listen to this radio show and think you know everything about flipping, you're going to get slaughtered. <laughs> Make sure you take a complete course on property evaluation, on flipping property, and so on. Do not try to do this based off of just this radio show. Uh, not very smart. High risk. So what happens when a investor fails to get a written bid, they more than likely are overpaying for the property. If they relied on a realtor for the bid or they relied on a wholesaler for the bid for the repairs, those re those bids are going to be low. That's all there is to it. You've got to I always add 50%. If a realtor or a wholesaler gives me a bid for repairs, I add 50% to it and run the numbers based off that. If it works, then I'll look at the deal. If it doesn't, I got no interest uh, because they're never accurate. Now, when is there an exception to that? What if the wholesaler or the realtor has a written bid, which is what they're supposed to have? By the way, that's another thing about wholesalers that just infuriates me. It's so incompetent. If you're a wholesaler 
and you're wholesaling deals and you don't have a written bid, you're, I'm sorry, the only reason you wouldn't get a written bid is because your deal sucks and you're going to lie to the buyer. If a wholesaler does not have a written bid for the repairs to that house, I wouldn't trust them as far as I can throw them. Every time I flipped a house, I had a written bid with a scope of work that people could look at so they knew what the rehab was going to be. See, if you're a good wholesaler, you want to move it quick. Why aren't you getting written bids? The only reason I can think of is you don't want the buyer to know what the real repair costs are. You want them to overpay so you can get your commission. Same goes for realtors. If you're a realtor and this is a flip house, why don't you get a written bid? What's it cost? 50 bucks, 100 bucks? Some contractors will give you for free. Why don't you do it? Only one reason I can think of. You don't want your buyer to know the real number. So never, ever let your earnest money go hard. That means non-refundable until you have a written bid for the repairs and you know you're 75% of ARV or below. All right, next one is about dealing with the contractor. Let's say they do have a written bid from a contractor. But you don't know the contractor. You've never used the contractor. You got to vet them. You got to call three referrals. And by the way, the referrals have to be last six months. Don't take referrals from two years ago. Why? Because contractors are good until they're bad. So they may have been great two years ago. Now they're addicted to meth and they don't show up for work. No, you get referrals from the contractor, call them, talk to them, make sure that that contractor finishes on time and does quality work. If everything checks out, you can use that bid. If it doesn't check out, then what do you got to do? You got to use get a bid from your contractor that you do trust. So vet the contractor if the agent or the wholesaler has a written bid. Again, that's great. They should, but vet that contractor. Don't just assume that contractor's good. Okay, the next question. Oh, dealing with the contractor again. This is a pet peeve of mine. We got a couple of those today. You people that <laughs> go out and hire a contractor and don't have a penalty if they're late, they'll never be on time. Why would there? Why would they? They can take their people and go to another job and make more money and let yours sit because there's no penalty for being late. Do not ever... 
let a contractor start a project without a penalty for being late. How much is the penalty? Not more than $100, $150 a day. But if they say it's going to be eight weeks, I give them 10 weeks. But at the end of the 10th week, every day that they go past the 10th week, it's a $150 penalty. That covers my, clo my holding costs. Because they're late, they need to pay the holding costs. And that keeps them from taking their team off of your project and moving them to another property because they want to finish on time to avoid that penalty. So do not ever work with a contractor. If a contractor says, nope, I don't do penalties, go, great, I don't do business with you. Period. If they don't have enough faith in themselves to finish on time plus two weeks, they're useless. Do not do business with them. The next one is very similar to getting emotionally or ego-based about the property. It's overbuilding for the neighborhood. Again, this is when, where I see this, is where people who live in million-dollar homes go rehab a $400,000 home, and they try to make it as nice and use the same finishes as their million-dollar home. Don't do that. Don't do that at all. Um, you can find incredibly high-quality products without the million-dollar price tag at Lowe's, Home Depot. Uh, one of my students, he buys everything from Amazon.com. He literally does his punch-out list, goes to Amazon.com, orders everything, has it delivered to the site. <laughs> Guy's crazy. But, man, he saves money, and he's using high-quality parts. But he's paying less for them, getting them delivered to the house. Pretty slick deal. Okay. Oh, this one is a temptation. What happens when you try to sell the house for too much? Here's the temptation. Let's say you run your comps. And there's 10 comps. Three of them sold for 540 Three of them sold for 500 and four of them sold for 460 What's the average? 500 Don't try to sell it for 540 It will sit on the market so long. Because wh why are you tempted to do this? Because you're saying to yourself, man, I just made this house perfect. I can get top dollar. Don't do that as a rule. There are exceptions. But as a rule, go with the average. Sell it in three, four, five, six days. Because if you go for full price, it's probably going to sit on, and you can look at MLS and find this out, days on market is probably going to be 60, 90 days. Well, that's three mortgage payments, three insurance payments, three tax payments, that you had to make, you're making less money than if you had sold it in eight days. Now remember I said this is a rule with exceptions. Sometimes you can make more money by letting it sit for 90 days to close. But you got to run the numbers. 
look at MLS, find how many days on market it takes to sell at the high price, and then just do the math. Add up your mortgage payment, principal interest, taxes, insurance, your PITI, and subtract it from the additional monies you're going to make. If there's a positive number, then it's okay. But in most cases, going with the high price is going to cost you more in holding costs than it makes you an additional profit. The other thing is I like to move my properties quickly. I like to put it on the market, get it gone in a week, and move on to the next deal. The velocity of money. Okay. The next one is, oh, using the wrong mortgage. Oh, my gosh. I see all kinds of crazy strategies. Um, you know, they get them off of uh, bigger pockets. And I, I'm not insulting bigger pockets. I love bigger pockets. But there are some members of bigger pockets who do this crazy stuff and they use they borrow from family, they borrow from their 401k and they do this and they do that. All this because they don't know the right type of loan to use. Every rehab that I do, I use a bridge loan, which is more commonly called a hard money loan on single family. It's bridge loan on commercial hard money on single family. I'll describe that type of loan when we come back from the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. There's an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And this is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that's going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars in the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, and we're talking about really kind of mistakes that people make when they're flipping, and some of them are easy to avoid. Some of them take a little work, like getting that bid uh, for the repairs. If you're dealing with a wholesaler, some of these wholesalers are pretty weak, and they don't have an option period, so... You know, they're scared you're going to back out of the deal. That's weak. I, I, every flip house I ever did had five days option period because I knew it was a good deal. If this person backed out, I'd just sell it to the next person. Um, <laughs> man, some of these wholesalers are just weak. They don't have written bids. They don't give you a, an option period to get a bid. Just ridiculous stuff. Incompetent. So watch out. But there are good wholesalers out there that do have a written bid, that do give you an option period, and those are the ones you really want to deal with. Um, the next one, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, using the right loan. Using the right loan, you want to get a loan that includes the rehab money. Don't get a loan just to purchase the house. 
because then you're going to have a huge amount of out-of-pocket expenses. If you get a loan just to purchase the house, you're going to have to put your down payment, plus you'll have to pay for all the rehab. Whereas with a hard money loan, they give you the money to purchase the house and rehab it. And you ready for this? If you're at 75% of ARV, that deal's zero down. Let's say that again. With a hard money loan, if you're at 75% all in of the ARV, that deal's zero down. It's tough to beat that. And if you're at 80%, which is pushing it, um, I've done deals at 80%. I've done deals at 85%. But if you do it at 80%, then you got to put 5% down. If you do it at 85%, you got to put 10% down. But certainly not 20% down plus the rehab. In other words, if on a $300,000 flip, that'd be about $70,000 out of pocket. If you used a hard money loan, it'd only be about $20,000 out of pocket. Okay. Oh, what happens when the flipper uses low-quality parts to save money? you got to know about the black spot rule. We evolved in a way that, let's say there's a field of hay. And you're looking at the field of hay, but there's a tiger in the middle. Do you know the first thing that human eyes see? The tiger. Instantly. It's faster than thought. You instantly see the anomaly. The tiger. If a person, oh, how does that relate to the black spot? If the most beautiful woman in the world, in the most beautiful white gown, steps into the room and there's a little black spot on her dress, what's the first thing you see? The black spot. If you use cheap parts, cheap faucets, cheap tile, cheap this, cheap that, guess what the first thing that a family sees when they walk into your house? The fact that you used cheap parts. So don't do it. You want to use high quality parts, but understand a $200 faucet is just as good as a $2,500 faucet. Let me say that again. A $200 faucet is just as good as a $2,500 faucet. See, in these million-dollar homes, you're paying for ego, like a Ferrari. You're paying for that prestige. You're paying for the exclusivity. You're paying a lot extra. Same thing for the parts for a million-dollar home versus a $400,000 home. The best products in Lowe's, the best products in Home Depot are perfect for this style home. You do not need to go to, God, what is that place? I swear to God, a doorknob was 400 bucks. Ooh, it's down in the Galleria area. Just ridiculous, ego-based crap. Don't do that.
but also don't go with mid to cheap parts because it's the first thing people will see. Just remember the phrase, black spot. Anytime you cheap yourself out, that's a black spot on your property, and it's the first thing people are going to notice. And what do I want? People to, how did, what do you most want listeners to take away? Oh, I wrote this question, sorry, <laughs> and can't even read. Um, the thing I want you to understand is that even though I've gone through 13 different questions, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Tip. Underneath all this is, I would say, somewhere between eight and ten times as much material that you need to know before you ever start contacting wholesalers or realtors to look for property. What I want you to take away from this is please educate yourself first. Make sure you take a course like ours, doesn't have to be ours, but take a course that teaches you everything you need to know to flip effectively. And do not follow what they teach you on TV. Every one of those shows is bogus. Every one of them. I won't mention the show. But one of the shows actually vandalized their own property and didn't tell the rehabbers that they did it. The producer vandalized the property to make the show more interesting. That's how bad it is. So if you're watching TV and think you're going to flip a house based off of what you learned off HDTV, you are screwed. You are, they, they do not know what they're doing. It's fake. Do not rely on that. Make sure you take a competent course on flipping and even read one or two books on flipping or listen to them on audio so you've got at least two or three different opinions from two or three different people who have a lot of experience in flipping. Now, with that warning said, am I trying to discourage you from flipping? Absolutely not. I want every one of you that's interested in doing it and really enjoys, you know, creating something, building something, improving something. If this brings you joy, laughter, and fun, then get out there and flip some houses because you can make a lot of money doing it and you can help a lot of families that just can't rehab a house. They don't know how to do it. So they need you to do it so that they can just buy it from you. All right. If anybody has any questions on this, feel free to email me. It is steve at totalwealthacademy.com. Steve at TotalWealthAcademy.com. The only question I have is how much is your course that includes flipping? It's the $500 program. Yeah, it's just $500 program. If you know you want to take the course, you can just go to TotalWealthAcademy.com forward slash 500 and enroll. TotalWealthAcademy.com forward slash 500 and just enroll. 
if you want more information, you need more detail, you're not comfortable spending $500, and you want to know more about Total Wealth Academy, go to TotalWealthAcademy.com and click on the free sample class. That way you can get a feel for our teaching method, and it will explain to you that the Saturday class and the classes online teach you how to wholesale, flip, single-family rental, and the Saturday class will also go over how to passively invest in big commercial deals as well. All right, thanks everybody for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Listening to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investing advice. Always get a professional opinion before making any investment decisions. To find out more about coaching and consulting at Total Wealth Academy, visit TotalWealthAcademy.com and attend one of our free sample classes on real estate investing. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.